earlier this year, I attended a webinar for Adolescent Immunization Action Week and was introduced to two remarkable teenagers, Arn Parsa and Lindsay Smith. Their passion and dedication to their vision for all teens to have access to vaccines and the ability to consent to them was inspiring. Through their organization, Teens for Vaccines, they have ensured that teens and young adults have a say in their own health care choices. I'm excited to have them on the episode today to discuss their work and their views on the HPV vaccine. All right. Thanks for being on the show, Arne and Lindsay. I'm so excited to have you guys both. I saw you guys first at the uh, Clinton uh, workshop, right? The Clinton Foundation workshop, and you guys were amazing. And I couldn't wait to invite you guys on the episode to talk about your organization. So let's first start off with tell us about yourselves, introduce yourselves to us. So Arne, do you want to go first? Uh, yeah, I go first. So hello, my name is Arne Parsa. I am an 11th grader from San Jose, California. And I'm the founder of Teens for Vaccines, which is a youth organization that with ambassadors across many states in the U.S. and internationally. And our mission is to educate and empower teens about the life-saving power of vaccines. Oh, that's great. I love it. So, Lindsay, do you want to introduce yourself, too? Thank you for having me. My name is Lindsay. I'm going to be a sophomore at the University of Michigan. I'm originally from Westchester County, New York, and I've been a member of Teens for Vaccines since... 2021 to my senior year of high school and I'm so excited to talk to you guys today about the HPV and other vaccines. It's great. Thank you again for both being on the, the episode today. So Aaron, can you talk about since you're the founder of this of Teen for Vaccines, can you talk us how you got motivated? What's what sparked this interest in starting this organization? Right. So I found a teen to vaccines during the 2019 measles, measles outbreaks when many distraught teens of vaccine hesitant and anti-vax parents were going to Reddit and other social media uh, to know how to get vaccines to protect themselves. And uh, during this time, I read the story of Brooke Balk, a 10-year-old in Orange County, which is a PR south of where I live in the Bay Area, and she couldn't get vaccinated due to having a heart transplant. And she couldn't go to school because the measles vaccination rates were so low in Orange County since some parents refused to get their children vaccinated. At the time, it was very shocking to me that children and teens in, in modern times still face threats from the same diseases that plagued us 50 and even 100 years ago. So since then, I have been tirelessly advocating for every child's right to life-saving vaccines and healthcare. And once again, uh, thank you so much for having me on the podcast, Jocelyn. Yeah, no, that's great. I mean, I remember that. I remember that uh, same year where um, measles outbreak was so uh, apparent and it like, there was like, you know, people were scared to even go to Disneyland, right? Because they were afraid to catch the measles and especially with kids not being vaccinated. I mean, I was vaccinated as a kid, my daughter's vaccinated. So I, I appreciate this, this, the safety concern, right? Of that. Now, um, you know, Lindsay, can you, can you, I know that Aaron started this, but did you guys like, how did, how did you get started with the, with the organization as well? So during the pandemic in early 2021, when the vaccine um, started to be accessible throughout New York, um, I got involved with a vaccine organization called COVID Vaccine Angels. And so we were helping seniors in the community get vaccine appointments. And then once it was more accessible, 
we kind of switched our mission and we began to bring vaccines and advocacy throughout Westchester County. So we would go to um, supermarkets, apartment buildings, stuff like that. And so I was a social media coordinator for them. And um, so I had their access to their Instagram. And we were trying to tag vaccine agencies. We were doing Instagram lives. So I had tagged teens of vaccines. And then Aaron had reached out to me through their Instagram DMs and um, told me about their initiatives and as a team myself, um, how I could help out. So that's how I kind of got started from there. Oh, that's great. I'm so glad to hear you guys are kind of taking that grassroots initiative, right? Like from the bottom and really trying to see what teens and young adults really need, you know, right now. And, you know, I, I know Aaron kind of mentioned the, you know, the mission statement for uh, the organization, but could you kind of walk us through some of the, the new exciting initiatives that you guys are looking forward to? Like anything that, you know, what's, what's on the plate for the organization this year or upcoming? Yeah, so I'd say that there are, um, so because the world right now is in a bit of a state of flux uh, coming away from COVID now that we're kind of entering the post-COVID world where, you know, live events are coming back to the way they were, schools are coming, are coming back to the, you know, that pre-COVID status quo. Uh, now, uh, you know, with COVID, there was such a major focus on vaccines, but now, you know, the news cycle, the 24-hour news, there's new issues always coming up. So I think with teacher vaccines, it's important to um to uh, focus on not just on the COVID vaccine, but also issues such as the HPV vaccine and other routine vaccinations that uh, teens need in order to live ha happy and healthy lives. So currently, I think uh, one of the main things that's up on the plate for teacher vaccines is uh, going uh, is shifting away from the COVID perspective as COVID kind of uh, fades, the COVID pandemic ends, and focusing on the other vaccines and bringing those to the forefront and the limelight. Mm, that's great. That's great. And that's exactly what we're here to talk about, right? We want to talk about the HPV vaccine later in the episode, but I'm I'm so glad to hear because I know there's still more work to be done. It's not just the COVID vaccine, right? There are other vaccines out there, like you mentioned earlier with the measles vaccine and a whole host of other vaccines that are still, you know, our rates are down, right? So um, that's that's great and and Lindsay anything that you're excited about as well I know you're you're going back to college um for what is it your sophomore year right yes I'm gonna be a sophomore I think one of the things I'm really excited about for the upcoming school year with teens or vaccines is during the pandemic itself we had a lot of an influx of teens were, that were very engaged in um vaccine advocacy and then because as I said it's with going into like a post-pandemic life uh, I think we've seen like lower involvement from teens in the vaccine realm um, so I'm really excited we're, we're working on some new initiatives to bring more teens into organization and get more teens involved so I'm hoping that we can have more um, understanding of vaccines other than the, pan the kind of COVID vaccine amongst teens as well and get more teens involved with teens for vaccines. Oh, that's great. I, I I love that. I love that, you know, you're, you guys are attacking both realms, right? You know, it's just not the young teens, but also, you know, the young adults going into adulthood, right? You're getting them prepared for their own, you know, healthcare, right? Advocating for themselves and taking initiative for their own healthcare. I love that. So, um, you know, I kind of want to like talk about, you know, was there anything that you guys are most proud of? I know that you guys have done a lot, right? You know, with this organization. And I heard a lot about it from the last workshop that um, I attended with you guys, but I, is there anything like you are really, really, really were was really proud of this year or this last couple of years? I mean, 
there are a lot of different um things to choose from from that list and really every moment uh with change vaccines i'm equally proud of i think we've done uh so from everyone in the organization all the ambassadors we've all done great work and it's you know i'm, I'm really happy to see the organization coming this far uh in, you know in, in these uh, past four years if i had to choose one moment i'd probably choose earlier in the year when uh, I went to the California Assembly to testify in favor of AB 659, which is a bill that would recommend uh, all oncoming eighth graders to get the HPV vaccine within California. Uh, so that would probably be my the, the, the moment that I might be the most proud of in uh, in the 2023, like in the recent history of cancer vaccines, uh, mainly because there was staunch opposition to the bill. There were you know in the assembly there's a ton of there's a, a line where supporters can, can come to yay or nay depending on how, whether or not they support the bill and okay. i remember the line of nays being so incredibly long so wow. in, yeah with that sonta opposition going there and testifying was it was a moment that i look back on now and you know kind of smile at i mean that's amazing because i watched it and i i was I, of course i'm a big supporter of that bill, but I watch it. I, I could imagine how daunting it is, right? Going there and you're like, uh, all of these nays and you're like, I'm for it. Right. And I'm the one that's, you know, advocating for me to get it, you know, like I, I want, you know, other teams, like I can imagine how much that, that moment felt to you. Yeah. It feels, um, feels like a lot, yeah. uh, but, but definitely with, with, with um, you know, uh, being an advocate, uh, running cancer vaccines, you know, these things and, and that uh, opposition, you kind of get used to over, over time. So you you lose that sense of, of you know, of kind of panic and fear mm -hmm. uh, and just, you know, you, you develop confidence. And that's something that uh, I'm, I think everyone at cancer vaccines has, you know, done over the past few years, which I'm, I'm very happy about. That's great. And I'm so glad that you were able to lend your voice and speak up for, you know, for teens all across the world. And, you know, and honestly, in California, at least where we live, where we both live. Um, Lindsay, how about you as well? What was the most proudest moment? Like what 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 memory or what accomplishment there are you most proud of this past couple of years? Um, so a few months back, I believe it was in May, Art and I had been um, invited to talk to Snapchat and a fireside chat panel about, they had like a health business vaccine summit. And so we were joined as well with Stephen, Dr. Stephen Thomas, who is a really amazing advocate for vaccines and has done a lot of great work. Um, he brought vaccines to barber shops. And we're also joined with Natalie Cordero, who is a um, MPH candidate at University of Columbia. And we were able to really chat um, with leaders in the industry of vaccines and discuss our opinions, why it's so important to get teens involved. And it was just such a cool experience to be invited to Snapchat. And I also would say, I definitely agree with Aaron about how teens of vaccines has really let me gain a lot of confidence. Um, when I started my vaccine advocacy, it's a little nerve wracking, especially during the pandemic, where there is a lot of different experiences and opinions on vaccines and letting this voice. Um, and when I went to Snapchat, I was like in front of a huge group of people and it kind of made me realize um, how much I've grown since I've started my vaccine advocacy and how important it is to continue with this work, even with people that already know so much about vaccines and work in this industry and even continuing bringing other perspectives.
Yeah, I mean, both of your passions for this is just so infectious and I love it. I mean, it just, you know, gives me hope and reinvigorates me for um, advocacy work. Um, so let's kind of jump ahead. I know, Aaron, you talked about, you know, testifying in front of the California State Assembly about this bill. Um, you know, the HPV vaccine, there's just been so much, like you said, staunt opposition for it, you know, for and against, right? You got both camps. And we've never, we've always talked to parents. We've always talked to doctors. We've never really heard from you guys and what you guys thought about this because this vaccine is given, you know, according from the, the standards from nine all the way up, you know, for that age group. And it, there's, you know, a couple rounds you got to take. And, and so we've talked to last year, we, we had a podcast talking to a pediatrician and kind of demystify a lot of the things that parents and, and, and individuals have about the, you know, have thoughts about the HIV vaccine. But now I really want to get your opinion. So, you know, can you share some experiences with HIV and, and, and why you guys both were very advo you know, advocates of promoting the HIV vaccine for young adults and teens? Right, so uh, cancer vaccines, uh, one of the uh, main ways cancer vaccines got started was I went on Reddit and other social media platforms and I saw teens who were asking a lot of questions about the HPV vaccine and HPV in general because a lot of the uh, in health classes, HPV isn't talked about as much uh, and right. in general, HPV is, uh, is not really talked about with a teen as much due to kind of the, the sensitivity of that topic. So on, on these uh, different uh, forums, such as Reddit, for example, uh, I saw several stories from the like from thirteen year olds who were talking about how they could get the vaccine because their parents had misconceptions about uh, the HPV vaccine with notions mm -hmm. of sterility potentially. And then from, I, I remember seeing a post from a mother as well about the HPV vaccine on one of these uh, forums. So seeing all this widespread uh, discussion of the HPV vaccine made me really. It, it to me at least it, it opened a light and showed me how how many people are dealing with the HPV vaccine and have questions and that need to be answered. So from there, that was the main reason that uh, HPV became a central focus of the inter vaccines because so many teens and even parents are left in the dark and not know and don't know as much about the HPV HPV vaccine as they should. Right. No, you're you're absolutely right. There's just so much information um, and a lot of misinformation out there that it's just hard to navigate, right? It's hard to navigate through. And of course you hear from things and sometimes you hear from peers and friends and other, you know, relatives and, and you get a different perspective. So it's, it's great. And I'm glad that you guys got involved. Um, Lindsay, same question, you know, any experiences or, you know, other things that, why, why the HIV vaccine? Why is it so important? For me, I have a pretty personal connection. Um, my uncle was, diagnosed with throat cancer a few years back from HPV. He is in remission now, but um, because of HPV, it's really in, I think, in the grade and pre-pandemic, I got the HPV vaccine a few years before in, I think, like late middle school, um, but I didn't really understand what this meant. Um, and so I was kind of confused when I heard he had cancer from some kind of virus. And I was like, 
what does that really mean? So now looking back on it, I've learned so much about HPV and why the vaccine is so important. Um, and luckily my uncle is in remission now and is healthy, but it's definitely a conversation my family has had. And we're lucky that my brother and I had already previously gotten the vaccine. So it wasn't as much of a scary topic, even though um, you could still have issues as well. Yeah, definitely. I'm so glad to hear about your uncle. Um, I'm sorry that he had throat cancer, but yes, you're right. You know how you know that personal experience does affect you in in many ways. I mean, I know my daughter is affected by my own cancer, um, so I, I completely understand. Um, and you you guys both kind of mentioned that you know about this parent talk, right? So, did you talk with your parents, or did pa your parents talk to you about this vaccine before you got it? Like, were they like? look, you're, you're getting this vaccine. This is what it's for. Or did you approach them? Like, how did that conversation kind of go? I remember that I didn't talk to my parents as much about the HPV vaccine because mm -hmm. there's kind of the mutual understanding of the effects of the HPV vaccine and the, the risks posed by HPV itself. Right. So there wasn't as much dialogue between me and my parents. However, you know, as I mentioned earlier, a lot of things aren't as fortunate. This gets into some of the reasons some of the major factors about the HPV, HPV vaccine. So I'd say that uh, for a lot of teens, a lot of parents, once again, they don't fully know the risks of the HPV vaccine. But another major thing is some just might not have the time to get the HPV vaccine. A, lot, a major issue with teens is that they, they face severe access issues. Some parents are working uh, part, uh, working two jobs, so they don't have time to get the, uh, to take their kids to the doctors to get the vaccine. Some kids are in rural areas, and because of that, they 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 similarly don't have a lot of access to a doctor. And these and going from there, a lot of parents don't know their don't know the immunization schedules as well as teens. And just in general, a lot of the information about vaccines isn't really known. So because of that, there's these these conversations are so important because uh, on both sides, with teens and parents, there has to be a mass education about the HPV HPV vaccine because so many just don't know or don't have the time to get the vaccine right no you're absolutely right i think it's it's that is a huge issue because and and you know just to get an appointment as you as parents know it's difficult to get an appointment versus just trying to understand the scheduling and access to care so i completely agree with your um your views on that um Lindsay, you you did mention that you you got the vaccine, you know, based because of you know, and uh, primarily because you know your your uncle had throat cancer, and that was you know a kind of a good a, a trigger, not a good trigger, but I mean, it was in your mind, right? It's in your family's mind. You've been affected by this. Was there a talk with your parents ahead of time about what HPV was, or like why you're getting this vaccine, or you kind of already knew you wanted to get it? So I had gone in it before my uncle actually had cancer. Oh, okay, got it. Okay. But I really, I remember it somewhat. Um, my brother and I were both at the doctor. He's two years older than me, and we were both getting our yearly checkups. And our doctor was telling us what vaccine. We were going to summer camp, so we were getting told we needed to get some kind of other vaccine. I don't remember exactly which one. And then it was the age where we were getting suggested to get the HPV vaccine. And my dad was he kind of was like, yeah, let's, we're going to get them. So my brother and I both got the HPV vaccine. I really didn't know what that meant at the time. Neither did my brother. We went back for our second one and it wasn't really a discussion. I was just got, kind of told that I was getting it. I was like, okay. I like always trusted my parents' opinion um, on 
getting what vaccines I was getting and I'd always gotten them on time. So, um, and as like a middle schooler, I wasn't really thinking much about what it meant to get HPV vaccine, but now looking back on it, I really understand it more. And I'm very happy that my dad had us both get it at that the right age and that there wasn't really much of a hesitancy that my, since my doctor suggested it and we got it. And I maybe looking back, I should have asked more questions um, because I wasn't really sure what HPV was in general, mm-hmm. but I'm lucky that I was able to get it then. No, it's great. I'm glad to hear. And and sometimes it's it's difficult. And you you guys both have mentioned that, you know, again, going back to the misinformation out there. But, you know, was how do you guys talk to like, so you guys both got the vaccine and you're all vaccinated up for the HIV vaccine. How do you talk to your friends about this? Like, do you guys I I I'm I know that there are so many different political views on this, but and viewpoints, not just political, but personal and sometimes, you know, in other ways. But do you guys talk to your your friends about this? Like what are you guys saying or what are they saying about the HPV vaccine? Right. So I say that when it comes to talking to my friends about the HPV vaccine, when it's brought up, I think we're all in somewhat of agreement and unison about the HPV vaccine saying that it's safe and understanding the risks of HPV, especially at our age. Uh, so overall, I think the sense is that uh, the sense is that the HPV vaccine is very uh, safe and effective. Uh-huh. Uh, and this kind of gets to a larger point about how uh, with teens, peer-to-peer communication is extremely important. Sharing personal stories, sharing facts between peers is extremely important, especially for the HPV vaccine when a lot of teens are don't know and are in some ways uh, looking for information. Uh-huh. So, so because of this, I think what friends are seeing is is very critical because having a circle of friends who believe in the who believe in the effectiveness of the HPV vaccine is critical for for getting the the HPV HPV vaccine out there. And that's in part ways one of the things that future vaccines we're looking to accomplish to have. To get teens to be educated and tell their tell their friends about the HPV vaccine and other vaccines in general, uh, to overall create a strong base uh, among teens uh, that is pro-vaccine and can continue continue that sentiment. No, it's great. I com- that I agree with. I mean that the peer-to-peer communication, you know, and. Uh, just kind of reassuring your friends, right? Like I got it. There's no problem, and I didn't feel any, you know, different. And you know, you yeah, you get poked, but you know, it's just a it's a quick shot, and you're done, right? Yeah. Yeah. So, Lindsay, how about you? What about you know, friends? I mean, you're in college now. What's what's the consensus among your friends and peers? Um, I would say it's not really discussed as much. I remember when I was in middle school, when they started to recommend it when you're like 11 or 12, it was definitely a discussion like, oh, I'm going to the doctor to get my second dose, stuff like that. Um, but now that I'm in college now, it really the discussion has not been as much prevalent amongst my friends. We've definitely talked about COVID vaccines, boosters, mm-hmm. the flu vaccine, but really amongst like my friends that are not involved in the public health realm, the discussion that about HPV does not really get brought up often. And I wish I should, now that I'm thinking about it, um, maybe ask my friends when I go back to school, when we start getting flu vaccines, maybe a good time to discuss, oh, do you ever get your HPV vaccine and stuff like that. Um, But my other friends haven't really brought it up. And unlike other vaccines that I've definitely heard them discuss. 
Got it. No, I sometimes it is a personal question, right? It is a personal question. It's not like what clothes, what shirt are you wearing today, right? It's 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 kind of a little a little personal. I totally understand that. Um, so we 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 talked about you know again we're mentioning again you know the whole the whole stigma of you know with HPV and the vaccine. But so let's say your peers come to you, your friends come to you, and you're like, look, my parents are against the vaccine. And for whatever reason, and I would like to get it. I would like to obtain the vaccine. How should I talk to them? Like, what do you, what recommendations do you have if, if a friend comes to you that way with that question? All right. So I'd say that, uh, so on our website, we actually have a guide for how teens can't talk to their parents. Uh, so the main thing is that a lot of parents aren't anti-vaccine or anti-vax. A lot of them are vaccine hesitant, meaning they have a few concerns about the vaccine. And so because of this, I, I, we believe that in our guide, uh, teens should come armed with their own facts about the parents' misconceptions so that they can find a good time with their parents where they're calm and relaxed to have an open dialogue about the vaccine. In these conversations, we really encourage the teens to be open and honest about the vaccine and their own personal stances in order to encourage a better conversation. And if that doesn't work, uh, then a teen can get uh, trusted sources involved, such as a family, friend, friends in general, teachers, doctors, nurses, etc., in order to bridge the gap and, and really bolster the conversation. And if these measures don't work, and, and despite the team's best efforts, their parents remain staunchly opposed to the HIV vaccine, then uh, we would encourage that a team reach out to their local immunization coalition or local state health department in order to find the, the rules surrounding uh, minor consent in their in their specific state so so that they can get the vaccine and be in live a happy and healthy life no that's great those are great tips um and i love the fact that you have a resource guide on your page on your website um lindsay anything to add to that i would add that before you go into a conversation with your parents really recognize that it's going to be a difficult conversation and mm -hmm. be prepared that you might it might not um, change their mind after one conversation and there might need to be multiple discussions or bringing in other members of your family maybe you have an older trusted even aunt that has have similar opinions or an older sibling that could help out um, and having other opinions that's just not yours and because I think a lot of parents if you have a child that's 11 or 12 or maybe a little bit older they may not really trust their opinion on a topic such as vaccines um, so having an older adult that your parents also trust have the discussion with you as well might be another helpful tip and also understanding that it's going to be a little bit uncomfortable, but that's okay. It's a really difficult conversation and you have to be comfortable um, explaining your side, giving your reasons and also meeting them where they are. So having like a gauge of what their hesitancy is for and mm -hmm. being able to provide information why that hesitancy might not be as accurate or maybe a little bit misunderstood or kind of calming those nerves around the topic as well. No, those are those are all great advice from both of you. I mean, it's such a difficult, you know, uh, topic, right? Even just any topic to talk to your parents sometimes because you're like, uh, you know, I I, I want to make sure I catch them at the right time, and I want to, you know, make sure that you know you don't come too too forceful. But at the same time, like you said, understand where they're coming from because you're right. A lot of times, it's not really that anti-vax; it's really that hesitancy where they don't have enough information. And I, when I looked at your website, it was great because it's a great resource, right, for for teens because a lot of the resources out there they're they're for an ed like a a, a 
medical professional, right? A lot of them are, are some of the jargon. It's hard to decipher, but I love your, your resources because they were written specifically for young teens and adults, you know, and, and, and even a little bit older students who are just trying to kind of come to terms like what, what is all this information? And you guys digest it really well. You present it really well. And really in, in their world, you know, in, in, in teens and young adults, you know, vocabulary and the terminology that you use. So I was really excited to see that because, you know, I, I work in the scientific, you know, research industry. And a lot of the times you can't, I can't understand what, what research articles are coming out and trying to decipher what they're saying, but you guys did it so well. So I'm really, really impressed by the resources that you guys have and the guy to talk to. I mean, just the dialogue, right? The dialogue is really difficult, like you said, Lindsay and Arne, but at the same time, it's like, there's a way to approach your parents, you know? And as a parent myself, uh, you know, my daughter's 10, but I know it's coming, right? The difficult conversations are coming. And so I know I'm going to have to have those, but keeping an open mind, like you both said, I think is a good uh, suggestion recommendation for, for teens and young adults who are looking to talk to their parents about this. Um, so, you know, what do you think of, you know, I know Aaron kind of mentioned some of the issues like, you know, access to care, um, just the simple scheduling, not just the access, but, you know, costs sometimes there's financial costs, you know, whether you have to go somewhere or get an appointment and pay. Um, so what other issues do you see that is really kind of stopping this right now? Like, you know, besides the misinformation we talked about a lot and, you know, access, but is there any other issues that are really, you know, confronted with by, you know, by teens? I think one main one I would say in addition to those is like a lack of discussion. As I said, when I was younger, it was really not a topic I've really talked about with my friends much. And so as a, as a middle schooler or early high schooler, you might not be really learning about this. It's not a topic that's usually brought up in school. If you're not in the realm of interests of public health and vaccine advocacy and vaccines in general, you may not really know that you're supposed to be getting the HPV vaccine. Wow. And so it's really important for, as well as your organization, as well as ours, to continue to present information in widestream sources, which is why it's we've been talked a lot about how to get more information out there, how important our social media is, what other platforms can we get on, because it, this is where teens are these days. And so having easy accessible access to information where it's not really misunderstood or it's very, very simple terminology, as you said, for teens to understand, but not even just that, just having the information out there that you should be getting the vaccine is um, because a lot of teens probably don't even know what it is. That's the point. Yeah, I think similarly, uh, so, so I'd say that, uh, in these conversations, once again, going back to the idea of access as well as having conversations, yeah. uh, a lot of teens don't know their immunization schedules and the specific health risks of HPV. So because of this, I believe that there has to be vaccine education in schools as well as better health education within schools. And potentially to alleviate some of the access issues, I believe that, uh, and that schools should have their own school-based health centers, uh, mm -hmm. which, and which would allow, which will alleviate a lot of the potential, uh, a lot of the potential access issues since teens can go to, since teens already go to school so they can get their vaccines there and having kind of a mobile pop-up clinic like was around uh, during, during COVID, for example. Right. So having all of these measures, I think, would really alleviate uh, these issues for 
for a lot of teams. No, I think that's great. I mean, I I completely agree. I think, you know, for parents, I think they would be appreciative, right? Because it's like, you know, trying to get, you know, kids ready for school. There's so many things besides school supplies and scheduling and all this stuff. But then the other top of healthcare, right? We're going to have to make appointments. We have to do all this stuff. So it'll be great to have like a mobile clinic to be like, all right, line the kids up, you know, whoever wants to get their vaccine can get it done, you know, prior to that. So I think, I think schools, you know, that's a great idea. And Lindsay, I know you're in college now and, and you're going to the University of Michigan or Michigan University? University of Michigan, yes. University of Michigan, yes. Um, so what, you know, anything in that, in the college realm, I know, Aaron's in high school, you're in college. What, you know, what, what is going on in the college world? Like, is there, is there, are there vaccine, you know, mobile clinics or do they have those drives? You know, what do you see amongst your peers there? Um, I would say Michigan has done a really good job of having easily accessible vaccines. So I lived in a dorm last year and um, I lived in like a pretty large dorm. So during the fall, when the second booster became available, as well as the flu vaccine, they brought um, pharmacists into the dining hall. So they had like a little section spaced off and it was for like over a month, a few days a week. They had flu vaccines and second booster shots available there. And if you were over 18, you were able to get it. And so this made it so easy. One day I decided it was like in October. I was like, okay, it's time to get my second booster and I'm going to get my flu vaccine. So I went after I ate lunch, it took 15 minutes and I was out and it was so simple and so easy. While my friends at other schools who are trying to get their second booster, my brother goes to another school in the Midwest he waited until he got home because it was much more difficult. He would have to go to a pharmacy, which had limited appointments. While Michigan, I just went downstairs from my dorm, um, which was really great. And also I'm a part of a few public health clubs on campus that have done a really great job of publicizing information like this, making it really easily accessible to get involved in the vaccine realm, um, and there are a lot of students. Michigan has a really great school of public health. So there are a lot of students that are really engaged in public health, which has made me really excited. And I'm hoping to be a part of that program. So. No, that's great. I mean, it's great to hear that there are, it's, and it's convenient, right? It's just really convenient for you guys because you guys are going back and forth to classes and other activities. And it's great to just like pop in, like you said, 15 minutes and you're in and out. And it would just, and I think, that would increase the vaccine rate significantly, right? For young adults that are just like, I don't have to, I don't want to deal with trying to, you know, make an appointment somewhere or where do I go, right? Because that's, it's also hard to navigate just as an adult for me. I was trying to figure out where, what pharmacy had what, you know, because, you know, it's, it's difficult. And so I can imagine as a young adult in college, trying to, you know, balance your schoolwork and still try to still, make sure that you guys are all healthy and safe. So I love that idea. And I love both of your ideas. And, you know, the other thing is like social media, right? Yeah, I mean, you guys are, I mean, I try my best to, to navigate social media, but you guys have like mastered it and conquered it. So, and I see it on your website. I see all of the social media accounts, like the different ones on your website. I'm like, I didn't even know this one existed. What's this? So you know, do you guys like, are you guys like very involved in that, that realm? Like, you know, really getting out there, you know, meeting your peers, meeting your, your audience right then and there. Is that what you guys normally, how do you, how you get the message out? Yes, definitely. Go ahead. All right. I definitely say so, especially during the pandemic, because of, of 
live person interaction was so limited. Social media and being online was so critical for the spread of cancer vaccines. So definitely engaging people and allowing uh, dialogue and conversations to be had through Zoom, through Twitter, through Reddit, through these discussions and social media sites. The, the community is able to be built up in such a way that I can, that, you know, give it, I can look back on it and just say, and be like a, a little astonished. So I'd uh, definitely say that uh, social media has been a major key for teacher vaccines and in general, uh, reaching out to, uh, to our peers and talking to them about these issues and connecting them is extremely important. And that's definitely, that was definitely one of the keys for teacher vaccines. That's great. And Lindsay? I think in general, teens are getting most of their information off of social media at this point. I follow so many different news pages on Instagram. I follow different newspapers as well. And so this is where teens are getting a lot of their information. And so it's so important to have vaccine information as well on social media and having engaging formats as well, because I'll be on TikTok just scrolling and like some random stuff will show up. But if a teen doesn't know that they're they need their HPV vaccine or other stuff, and they see a TikTok that comes up, and they're like, oh, maybe I should look into that, even though they haven't engaged with any content that's related, just because somehow the algorithm works, and some stuff shows up, so it's really helpful for teens that don't really know much about the vaccines to have platforms that are spelling out so much information, and teens are engaging with it. And, you know, the thing is, you have to get, like you said, the engaging information, right? Because you're just scrolling through. I mean, how many videos are you scrolling through? How many reels? And you got to find the one that really catches them, right? So I I appreciate the fact that you said engaging, because it's not just creating content. It's the engaging content, right? To engage them into this. So I definitely agree. Um, now, I know the organization is very um, state, you know, U.S. domestic based, but I, I saw a lot of, you know, growth, right? You guys are international now, right? Yes, one of our um, really involved members is from Italy, and we have other members from around the world as well. So it's been really great to get other perspectives, yeah. um, especially because other countries have different laws and different um, opinions on vaccines. Yeah. And I, I, I would love, it's great because, you know, I mean, like you said, globally, there's so many different perspectives and some other countries are very pro in vaccine, right? They're like, it's, it's required. All kids are getting the vaccine. I mean, that's what Australia did. You know, Australia was, was very mandated and now they're looking at uh, eradicating cervical cancer uh, within my lifetime. So that's amazing. So I'm hoping that that's, we're on track for that here in the States and you know, actually around the world. So that's something that I would love to see. And I think we are going to see with your guys's help. I mean, you guys are really going, you know, with your, with your organization and with your passion for this, I, I see it. I have hope for the future actually. So this is great. Um, so, you know, I know that you guys have talked about everything about your organization. So what are, I just want to end with, what are you guys excited for? You know, I know Lindsay going back to school, you know, Aaron, but anything like personally, are you guys excited for anything coming up? What's going on? Uh, I definitely say that uh, 14, on a hinge of vaccines front, uh, I definitely be looking forward to uh, in the post-COVID world of shifting the focus back to the routine vaccinations and continuing that conversation. I'm very excited about that. Uh, and on a personal front, I'm kind of excited to see what the, what the new school year brings. The uh, you know the, the different the the journey. You know, I've been told by my my ninth grade chemistry teacher that. Um, 
the journey is the destination. So to take your time and, and to enjoy that. So definitely with teams of vaccines, I have, you know, tried to do that, you know, enjoy uh, every, every second and every moment uh, to the fullest. So definitely I'm looking forward to, um, uh, to this school year and just seeing uh, what, what the future holds. Sounds great. And Lindsay? I would say, as I said before, I'm, I'm aging out of the teens part of her vaccine, so I'm excited to get some more teens involved and um, educated about the topic and really engaged with vaccine advocacy. And then on a more personal, as I, you said, I'm going back to school next week, so I'm super excited. Um, Michigan has a really good football team, so I'm very excited for the upcoming football yep. season. Yes, they are. I am very well aware college football is starting and on the horizon. So that's great. And I'm so thankful again for both of you guys being on this podcast. It just reinvigorates me um, with this. You know, both of you guys are just so passionate and I am so hopeful for the future with you guys both in it. So thank you so much again for your work and your passion. And thank you again for being on the episode. Thank you so much. So much for having us. As a parent, My job is to ensure the safety and well-being of my daughter. I make decisions for her that will affect her every day. But I hardly pause to ask for her opinion on the matter. Speaking with Aaron and Lindsay today, it reminded me that children and teens should be involved in some decisions as it will have a long-lasting impact on their future. Aaron and Lindsay are making sure that teens around the world have a voice And we should all pause to listen to them because they are our future. For more information and the resources mentioned on today's show, go to teensforvaccine.org. And for more information on Survivor and this show, go to survivor.org. Thanks for listening and stay tuned for our next episode.